up wake up 502 is going down 96.1 fm 1450 a.m big x sports radio it's wake up 502 with your boy rashawn myers hope everybody is getting off to a wonderful start this saturday morning a little Jimi hendrix for y'all bringing y'all in uh and First thing to get it started, I just want to let y'all know we always have a uh, flavor uh, to the uh, tunes that we play every week. I try to figure out the best thing, and today's going to have a little bit of an anti-war sentiment. Uh, so a little Jimmy to get us going down that road and that path as we stand uh, with the Ukraine and uh, definitely against everything that's going on over there uh, in that uh, country right now. War is definitely never the answer and I uh, hope everybody uh, takes care and I'm uh, very, very proud of the fight they're putting up. Uh, even though you hate to see it happen. Uh, joined, as always, at least soon, I will be joined by, of course, the architect, the legend himself, Mr. Haven Harrington. And on the line, back from sabbatical, my brother, the man, the myth, the legend, at that boy's good, Mr. Joe Kelly. Joe, how you doing this morning, sir? Doing well, man. Doing well. Can't complain about a uh, Saturday that starts off with a little Jimi Hendrix. You better believe it. I'm pr- I promise. You know, I was I was trying to figure out the best way to get things going, and you know what? You can't go wrong with Jimmy. Like like, like know, they say on uh, back, a white man can't jump. He says, "Do you hear him or do you just listen to him?" You, you know that 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 movie. I have credit for how I got into Jimmy at a very young age. Was was that argument? Really and nice. talking about playing. Talking about playing some, uh, some you know, some stuff about some music that, that pertains to anti-war sentiment. Got a little funny story for you, man. This back when uh, we could go to see concerts. Remember those days? Oh yeah, back in the olden uh, days. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, we didn't even have to walk to them in the snow either, man. We right. drive. It was great. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> good times. Good times. But I, I'm standing there, 
at a John Fogarty show, and for those that are unfamiliar, he was the lead singer of Creedence Clearwater. And John Fogarty is an interesting character, but he says, uh, he's talking to the crowd, and he goes, yeah, this little ditty I did over 50 years ago, and, uh, you know, it's still relevant. And he just rolls into Fortunate Son, right? Yes. Man, these two old heads next to me that were older than my father go, Ugh! Is everybody political these days? Rashawn, I just almost lost my stuff in the middle of, of, of Bourbon and Beyond. Because I, I looked over at him. Normally, I would just laugh, you know, when strangers say something incredibly stupid. But this, <laughs> this one, I couldn't let it. I couldn't let this one slide. I was like, man, it's Creedence, dude. Were you listening to any of their songs? What did you think Run Through the Jungle was about, my man? <laughs> What what did you think Fortunate Son was about? Like, did you just think it was coincidental they wrote a song about, you know, poor kids getting sent to war during Vietnam? It just happenstance? And the guy just looks at me and goes, I'm just tired of everything being, we can't have nothing nice anymore. <laughs> I like, I, I, I like the accent you gave him, Joe. Hey, oh, Harrington. Oh, man, and I'm giving him, I'm giving him a lot of credit. The man in the yellow coat. He's a you know. You remember Curious George? Yeah, how you oh, know Curious George's owner was like the man in the yellow hat. Well, well, Haven is always. He walks in the studio and he's always the man in the yellow coat. <laughs> Haven, how you doing this morning, brother? Man, doing good, doing good. How about yourself? I can't complain. <laughs> the man in the yellow coat. I'm telling you that that might hey, be your new moniker. So, just so listeners aren't confused, though, man, like. Come on, you got to give me some credit. It's not it's not a shiny yellow coat. It's not like one that Mace wore in 96 or anything. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's definitely not the Diddy coat. It's very tasteful. It is. Very it tasteful. Is. I mean, that's Haven's signature. Like You know it's about to get real when you see Haven walk in with a yellow coat on. That means he has hot takes coming. <laughs> he, he looks ready to blow. And just to let everybody know, this will be unfortunately a truncated version of Wake Up 502. We will only be taking you up to 10:30 as we will have IHAA or IHSAA uh championship uh fi- finals uh today. Um so we have a lot of state finals that will be uh pretty much wall to wall high school basketball. I believe the ladies are going today. Um but we're going to they're going to preempt with uh coverage starting at 10:30. So make sure you tuned in early and tight because y'all only got us till 10:30 today. So So that means all the IU fans can listen to all the top high school athletes you would not be getting <laughs> to the greatness is the University of Indiana. Hey, who, who's your ladies' basketball though? Right now is is pretty strong. I believe they're ranked uh, at this this past weekend number at number seven. So you know, so some of those young ladies might decide to stay home. You know, what I'm saying the men may not be able to do anything, but the ladies got to roll it. So you know, I'm just saying. Does, I, does Indiana high school basketball have a shot clock, or are they dumb like us? I don't think so. I don't. I don't think so. We we played a game. Uh, Holy Cross did over at Rock Creek um, here over in Indiana, and I don't think they had a shot clock at that game. Very nice gym. Uh, if anybody, uh, for those who have have been over there to Rock Creek, man, I mean, some of these gyms over in Indiana are just absolutely amazing, and uh, Rock Creek is one of those. It's very very nice, but no shot clock, unfortunately. Yes, we're still stuck we're in nineteen sixty something. So I mean, you've got a son that that plays high school ball. Yes. Help me out here, because that is something I'd completely forgotten, you know, 
<laughs> shame on me for doing stuff over the last 20 years. I don't remember all the specifics of high school. Uh, <laughs> but I, I'm floored. Can somebody give me the rationale behind not having a shot clock? And doesn't that doesn't that sort of put our kids, you know, behind the eight ball, so to speak, in, in terms of, of, of how to play? Uh, yeah, I mean. It's, it's got to be a different strategy when you don't have a, you know, like. You know, it, it, it's one of those things where um, I, I think that the, 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 the general consensus has always been that they always said that, you know, not all the schools can afford to, to buy the equipment to have shot clocks. And, and that's always the, the thing that I've heard. But, you know, they, they could, uh, to me, after 20 years of having shot clocks <laughs> in, in, you know, high, in uh, college games, you would think that they would be able to have enough bake sales and cookie sales to where they could purchase a couple of clocks but that's always been the thing that i've heard but there are states that have shot clocks like if you go i believe arizona has a has shot clocks um texas has shot clocks there there are individual states around there i want to say there's probably about nine or ten i don't think it's a the majority but i believe there's about 10, 10 to 12 states uh, that currently have high school shot clocks it's not everywhere um uh, but yes I, I totally agree with you i think you know the, the whole four corners that you can see you tend to see any high school game is once you get down to about three minutes they're going to pass the ball about 17 times before anybody even looks to take a shot which is uh, uh, like watching paint dry yeah you be watching watching teenagers dribble the air out of a ball sounds awful just absolutely awful and gutless yeah i mean you know it's just it's it's always i mean the, when when they talk about what was that uh Georgetown and Providence. Uh, no, it was a Villanova. Georgetown and Villanova. I believe it was in the Final Four where uh, Mas uh, Rolly Massimino did the four corners against Georgetown. Georgetown had the much better team, um, but they were able to basically just pull the four corners and pass the ball and hold the ball basically two minutes per possession. Or something ridiculous like that, <laughs> and Villanova ended up upsetting Georgetown and winning the the national championship because they were able to stall ball basically the whole game. So yeah, that's pretty terrible. Like, yeah. ho hopefully, <laughs> we never see anything like that ever I, again. See, it's stuff like that that makes me. It just makes my blood boil when I read on Twitter or hear people say, "I'm not a fan of the NBA." It, it's just ugh. I don't like it. I'm like, man, you watch boring four corners basketball for forever. Yeah, How are, like I I understand like calls and, and officiating in the NBA. Look, the first thing you have to do is turn your brain off and say superstars are going to get every call. It's been that way my entire life. It was that way with Jordan. It's that way now. It's always going to be that way. I, I understand those those complaints, but when you say that you don't like the style of play, I'm. Well, okay, cool, yeah. I'd love to see the greatest athletes on earth just dribble. No, just no. Dribble for three minutes. Well, anybody, you know, for, for most of the people that say, um, you know, that the NBA, they don't play any defense, I hate their basketball. If you hate the NBA, you literally hate watching the best basketball on the planet, which to me has always been a misnomer. I've never understood, uh, you know, for whatever reason, especially here locally in the state of Kentucky, there's always been that general consensus of, oh, the NBA sucks, uh, it's terrible basketball, it's horrible to watch. But I, I don't know oh, how okay, you can be. time out, time out. The only reason U of L fans ever said that the NBA sucked 
was because there's no U of L basketball players in the NBA. I mean, it's not just it's not U of L, just U of L. I'm just talking about in general. Kentucky fans say it, you know. Yeah, uh, Kentucky fans don't say mm-hmm. it as much. I mean, I, I mean, it's always just been that thing where everybody says that you know the NBA it's bad basketball. They don't play any defense and they're spoiled millionaires. Like that's always been kind of the what thing. Like every pro sport. Mm-hmm. It's just it's it's that's, ridiculous. That's, that's like. Every pro sport. I mean, it's the oh, best basketball so in the world. Like I, I don't know how you can love say that you love basketball and not love. The NBA. Like, because, it's literally the best basketball. Because it doesn't have the purity of college basketball where guys yeah. are doing it for the love of the game. The unpaid <laughs> amateurs. The out there. Unpaid for the, amateurs. For the love of the game. And that's why they play basketball. The NBA is full of guys who just do it just for the money, man. It's so ridiculous. Like, it's, it's, the, it's the most ridiculous it's, argument in the world. Yeah, it was always worse argument. And, and I said, guys should give uh, you up fans and blues for that, too. Give them the blues for it. <laughs> And, and to your point about the people that say that make the laziest, the laziest of arguments, which is that they don't play defense. Well, it's it, I, I've heard former NBA players that were all defensive NBA guys like Ben Wallace talk about this. And he said, yeah, the NBA season, what fans don't understand is that it's an 82 game schedule. We don't practice in the regular season. You don't watch tape on a team, like, really. You might watch something on a flight, but you know dudes' games in the league after you've been playing for a while. That's how you get through the regular season. Now, when the playoffs roll around, they talk about how we all of a sudden start playing defense. Well, hell yeah, we're in a seven-game series against one opponent. We're not traveling up the East Coast for for a week. That's why you get the better defense. That's why it looks like they just all of a sudden turn it on and, and care. Well, and it's one of those things where, I mean, you know, I, I always go back to it when I think about um, the, the, the level in which these guys have to perform. Um, back when Sebastian Telfair was in high school, um, he did a documentary called The Jump. It was actually a book that was written about as well about um, to Telfair and his senior year um, at Lincoln High School and just kind of his whole journey uh, to the NBA, which made Rick Pitino look foolish when he could have had John Rondo, but that's another story. Uh, but uh, in that documentary, they showed uh, Sebastian in the gym working out with his trainer. Um, and some of the uh, workouts and the defensive drills that he went through, uh, and, and uh, his brother was a guy who did not make the league, but he was a trainer um, who had NBA aspirations back in the day. And watching how these guys played uh, or some of the drills, like they had this rubber band drill where basically both of them, of them had a belt on connected with a, a, a elastic yep. rope. And the, the defensive slide drill was I'm going to go run left and right, you know, slide, uh, you know, back and forth as quickly as possible. And you have to be able to stay in front of me because if the, if the elastic stretches out, you lose and we got to start over again. And watching those guys do that drill and just seeing the intensity in which they have to do. And this is a common um, workout and preparatory uh, workout for the NBA. Like, that showed me, like, when people say that they don't play any defense, the bad defense in the NBA is better than anything that you will see in, on any college court from the best defenders <laughs> anywhere. Like, literally, yeah, th- th- they're taking it off because they're not playing, uh, you know, not, t- t- what, 48 minutes of full bore, you know, Get down in your stance, Doug Christie from you know circa two thousand two defense. Yes, okay, but it's it's wow, yeah, right. Doug Christie, hey, Doug Christie was like the best on ball defender 
uh, back in the early 2000s. I don't know why I pulled Doug Christie's Dougie, name out. but <laughs> Doug with the good hair. You know what I'm saying? But that, that dude could get down in the stands and, and just, uh, you know, what just harass anybody. You know, when we talk about that Ron Harper defense, you talk about that Gerald Wilkins defense, you know what I'm saying, from, from the 90s. Tony like Allen. The, yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like, when, when you when, they don't do that for 48 minutes, but these dudes, like, just to step on an NBA court, you have to be the elite of the elite defenders because these guys are so good offensively that, you know, you would look foolish. There's a handful of guys. There's a handful of guys, and and I'm going to throw my my dude under the bus. I know everybody hates him, but I don't because we're both left-handed, we both have beards, and we're both a little suspect at times. James Harden doesn't bother playing playing defense because James Harden can effortlessly drop a 50-burger on somebody. Yeah, case in point, last night, first first game for the Philadelphia 76ers, coming off of a hamstring injury, 27 points, like, what, 15 assists, eight rebounds. 12 and assists, he, 8 rebounds. Just a ridiculous. And, he, and and he's already got more threes than Ben Simmons. That's hilarious. That that was so funny <laughs> that the funniest tweet of the night last night was James Harden has now matched Ben Simmons on the career NBA three-point list for the 76ers. That was so funny. <laughs> it was 8 minutes into it was 8 minutes of real time into that game. That's crazy. <laughs> That's he, so funny. And he took that tweet. <laughs> Man, how how strange how, honestly uh, let me ask you this. Because, you know, I always wondered what would have Twitter looked like during, you know, 9-11 or major catastrophes. What are your thoughts about the other night when all this news was breaking? And I'm not picking on them. It's just funny because I follow a lot of U.K. people. Man, my timeline was nothing but war, U.K. basketball, war, 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 go Cats, go Cats, <laughs> war, war. And I was just like, man... All of my buddies in blue are going to be shocked when they turn this game off and they pick up. And you know what I mean? When they actually, cause you know how you'll send out a tweet, but you don't really read the timeline when your team's playing. Like, man, these dudes going to be good. And then about an hour later, it was, hey, so uh, what's going on over in Ukraine? You know, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Happens to be a little something going on over there. You know? Yeah, we're like, oh man, you know, they got the press on, and other teams not shooting very well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's a, there's a, there's a few things going on, and you know what? It's it's hilarious. We are now 20 minutes into the show, and we haven't even set up the the, the table today for everything that we have to talk about in our short show, even though we only have a little bit over an hour left uh, before we're out of here. We have a ton, a ton of things to get into. Of course, there's a lot of talk. Um, you know, I, I'm hearing about all the, the, the coaching, uh, you know, thoughts. I, I've, of course, Kenny Payne is still getting shoved down everybody's throat, which I'm okay with. But we've started to hear some new names, uh, some new possible interests. My man Bobby V breaking stuff down. So we're going to kind of get into that. And then we're also actually, believe it or not, Louisville does have a game today on the road at Wake Forest taking on the Demon Deacons. In Winston Salem, uh, I do have some thoughts on that as we roll closer and closer um, to the end of the regular season, the ACC tournament right around the corner. Um, if you want to get involved, 414 1450 is a Thornton's text line. As well, as well, you can give us a call, 384 1450 on the uh, Wake Up 502 buzz line. We'd like to hear you. Jimmy, let's take us out. We'll be right back. Wake Up 502.
Welcome back, welcome back, wake up, wake up, 502, your boy Rashawn Myers, a little Marvin Gaye, what's going on? Bringing you back as we continue to talk about all the things going on in the world of sports, both local and national, as well as keeping an eye on everything going on around the globe uh, as the uh, struggle in the Ukraine continues. But fellas, uh, we actually have already got some text coming in on the Thornton's text line, 414-1450. You can be next. Uh, Texter says, can UofL sue the NCAA for statutes of limitations uh, for a five-year, uh, the, the, the five-year statute <laughs> being ignored? No ruling. UofL has already suffered. If they do sue, could they get the banner back? Um, <clears throat> I will say this. I totally agree with you, and, and I think personally, um, because there it's been so long uh, since this whole thing got started, that um, I think that 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 the the punishment will be lighter than what people are expecting, and, and I and I say that for two reasons: a because of the ruling that was given to NC State earlier by the IARP. Um, and, and basically their reasoning was they did not want to punish student athletes and coaches that had nothing to do with what was going on. Um, and in that situation, you literally had Dennis Smith Jr. getting paid $50,000 <laughs> for playing uh, for NC State. Um, and they got off pretty much scot-free. And I know everybody wants to say, well, Rashawn, yeah, but uh, Louisville was dealing with uh, the fact that they were already on probation, blah, blah, blah. I understand all that, but I think that especially considering that it's been, um, you know, what, six six years, six or seven years uh, since this whole thing got started, um, that Louisville's basically been under that, you know, un- that uh, what, what is it called, that, that unspoken probation cloud whatever you want to call it where, where they're kind of being punished by just knowing that you're going to get punished 
And I think because this has taken so long, I really do think that especially with everything that's changed with NIL um, and just the way that everybody's looking at uh, these things differently and pretty much a lot of these things that are now crimes are now happening every day and celebrated that I, I just really think that with the changes in NCAA, I don't think that Louisville's going to get a huge, huge smack. Like they may still end up getting a one season postseason ban possibly just because they were on probation. But I'm only going to say, Joe, like if I was to put a number on it, I'd say there's probably only a 50-50 chance that Louisville even gets a single postseason ban. I think that literally Louisville could get out of this without getting any any postseason taken away at all. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. I, hmm. I mean, I put it about fifty percent. I think I think it's a, it's a coin flip. Right? Can we now. just say that Chris Mack is our punishment? And just move on. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it's it's. Would that be possible? <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> that, that's served. that's part Can of. Can we it. get time served? We I know, right? Chris Mack, time served. <laughs> I mean, legit. I, like it's it's. You've seen a product on the court. What else do you want? It's tough. I I, I just. I just want to clarify for the for the texture. Thanks for for texting in, and please don't think I was laughing at you. I was laughing at the situation because I was talking to one of my oldest friends. We've been talking U of L for over twenty years. Last night, matter of fact, and he brought this up, and I said, "I don't know, man." I said, "I just feel really bad for our fan base." And the next logical progression for us is to be like, "Damn the torpedoes! Can we sue?" And the answer is yes. This is America. I can sue Rashawn for asking me to be on this show. It doesn't mean anything's <laughs> going to happen. It's not going to be a giant waste of time. But, I mean, yeah, just remember the NCAA isn't a real body of law. So when you sign up to play ball with them, literally, you basically sign over and forfeit all legal proceedings as you understand them, and you submit to their company will. It's true. It's absolutely true. Basically, what I'm saying is a former HR person, I would never advise a normal, everyday human being to enter a work situation such as the NCAA provides its employees and its labor. Yeah, I mean, no, absolutely. And on top of the fact that anything that actually needs to be governed and paid attention to and rules created and you know, actual problems, they basically punt on and do, don't do anything. I mean, 18 years of North Carolina academic fraud, and they literally just said, oh, well, you know, that was a whole university issue, so we can't weigh in on that. That's the biggest load Man, of bull crap I'm, I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> like, I am I am still angry at every intern that worked at uh, ESPN 680 back when, uh, when I was doing that because when all of this came out about UofL, I said, man, y'all will get free barbecue for life. The first one of you interns that walks over to the University of Louisville and says, I was at those shake parties too. Students were there. Damn it. It was not (laughs) an illegal benefit. We were all at the shake party. And none of the cowards would do it. None of them would take one for the team, literally. <laughs> yeah, literally. I mean, because that, that, that's the, that became the N, the NCAA's marching orders. Is as long as there were regular students involved, then it's a university issue, not a program issue. Like, and that's basically how they <laughs> put it on everything. It's amazing. I'm telling you, man. If you get in trouble, just find a student on campus. They're all broke. You give them a hundred bucks cash money and tell them that that you also got the same benefit the basketball or the football team, and apparently you're good to go. Yeah, Jimmy, come here. You were there, weren't you? Yeah. <laughs> you look hungry. <laughs> you were helping Miss Katina, wasn't you? 
<laughs> right. You know, Look, a, man. <laughs> you Look, know. this is going to be embarrassing on the surface level, but the whole city's going to have your back, and you will never pay for a beer for the rest of your days in this town. <laughs> I, I promise. Absolutely. But you know what? The, the, to get to, to what I did want to chat about, one thing I, I do I do want to say is that I, <laughs> I got into a, a Twitter conversation based on some news that came up this week. Uh, the, the, the great one himself, Mr. Bob Valvano, uh, was on his show earlier this week, um, and gave out some inf- interesting information. He said that from his sources, of course, everybody wants to talk about the, the, the Louisville coaching job and who's going to be the next guy. Um, and Bob said to his surprise, and I don't know why he's surprised because he's he's been on this road of why would any coach want to leave any situation when Louisville is where they are. Okay, first of all, Bob, Louisville's still Louisville. Like, people can sit there and talk about, you know, clouds and talk about, okay, well, this guy's team is good. Okay, just because you have a good team in a single year, that's like having a a nice running Toyota Tercel versus uh, a, a, what, a Beamer or a uh, Benz that needs a little work. Okay, there's still a difference. Okay, you can have the nice running Tercel or you can have, you know, the 260 E class. You feel me? Like, there's just different levels. To, to, you know, situations. Louisville is a luxury sports car, okay? At the end of the day, and the guy that I'm talking about is Scott Drew of Baylor University. Baylor, even with the national championship, is still a Toyota Tercel. They still only have about, you know, seven 8,000 seats in their arena, and it's still the armpit of Texas, okay? Waco is, is in the middle of nowhere. There's nothing there. So, it came out that sources um, cl- close to Drew um, through Bob's people um, said that if Louisville approached Scott Drew, um, who, of course, is coming off a national championship, that he would listen and consider making the move uh, to Louisville. And, and you know, I, I heard a lot of people, of course, the people that are capping for one Kenny Payne that just think that Kenny Payne set the sun, moon, and stars. Pain train. Uh, Pain train. Try to go out there and explain to you why Kenny Payne was a better candidate for the Louisville job than Scott Drew. And to that I say, don't let sports or affiliations make you stupid. Don't get on the airwaves. And I'm talking about my, my, my boy, my good buddy Steve Rummage. Rummage got on yesterday and tried to explain to you why he thought Kenny Payne was a better candidate for the job than Scott Drew, the national championship defending coach of the Baylor Bears, who are once again having another amazing season. I believe they're 24-5 and right now, sitting in the top 10 again. Like, I understand people have their guys, okay? I understand that... There's a whole lot of people, especially old school U of L fans. Most of them have those leather U of L hats. Y'all know who I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, My God, yeah, they only made them in Louisville and Memphis State. You know what I'm saying? The, the, them leather, uh, the, that whole, you know what I'm saying, conglomerate that, that wears the leather U of L caps <laughs> and all the former players. You know what I'm saying? They all capping hard. For Kenny Payne. But I just want to tell all of y'all, and I don't have a dog in the fight. I don't care. Well, I won't say I don't care who gets the job, but I don't know who I would like to see get the job because I don't know who's actually interested. And I feel like there will be a firm list given 
of possible, you know, possible candidates once the season's ended. I think that you have to get there because coaches aren't going to talk about other prospective jobs in season. It's just not going to happen. Unless Louisville decides to get gangsters and, and pull a college football. That does not happen in college basketball. Okay? It never happens. Okay, and even in college football, it doesn't happen in season. They still wait until in between the end of the regular season and bowl games. It does not happen during the regular season. So, like, that's the one thing about Louisville getting rid of their coach so early is that we've had to deal with still basically more than a month left. But that's just not going to happen. You may be surprised. You may be surprised. But you know what? I think Scott Drew actually be a a good choice. I mean, if if you can win at Baylor. Baylor of all places. I mean, Baylor's like the fourth or fifth ranked school in Texas. That says a lot. If you can win a national championship at Baylor, you you can win a national championship anywhere, and why not here? You know, I'm not on the pain train. I'm not against Kenny Payne. I'm not for Kenny Payne. I'm not against Drew or, or for Drew. I'm not against Musselman or, or for Musselman. I, Who takes on the Cats today, by the way? They, they take on the Cats. You know, I'm just like, just get somebody – Somebody in here that can ball. But I honestly think that most coaches, unless you're coaching Kansas and maybe some other top of schools, are going to listen. I agree. Most coach, I mean, most coaches are going to listen. That's like, that's like when LSU gives you a call and you're a football coach, you're going to listen. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, it's just, it's, it's just, there's just different levels to this. But we do actually have somebody giving us a call on the uh, Wake Up 502 buzz line. We got our man Jay Hash checking in, the, the, the legend himself. Jay, how you doing this morning? Happy birthday. Thank you, sir. Good morning, guys. How y'all doing today? Jay Hash. Is that Jay Hash? Yes. The birthday boy is on the line. He just turned 85 years old today. Congratulations. <laughs> Watch yourself. Watch yourself. <laughs> I'm just playing, man. <laughs> Listen, real quick, real quick, guys. I just want to give a small in- intro. Uh, I- I'm truly blessed to hear you guys do what you do every Saturday morning, man. You're you're a pathway to the sports of uh, not just community here in Louisville and Indiana. You're global, and, and uh, you guys are setting the platform for yourself to be international. I appreciate and that. Uh, you guys keep doing and keep working hard on what you guys do, you and Haven. And uh, I just have one small comment on my birthday today. I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, it's going to be a tremendous birthday for me today. I'm oh, telling yeah. you, everybody's coming out. Everybody's coming out of Woodworks. Hey, ain't no party even like Dorothy a Jay has party. Wizard of Oz. What? Even Dorothy, even Dorothy from the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> it's going to be wild one tonight. Listen, man. Listen, man, I, I mean, Rashawn and Haven, I'm kind of distraught with the Louisville basketball program real quick. The reason why I'm distraught because the whole coaching staff needs to go and Malik Williams needs to go now. <laughs> <laughs> there's no structure. There's no uh, dog fight. There's no dog in the gym. There's no gym rat. There's nothing. There's no morale. There's nothing. It's just going out here. See what you guys can do, and that's it. If we win or lose or whatever, there's no there's no morale. So Mike, that that, that assistant coach, and everybody else need to pack their bags, get on the Greyhound, and roll today. <laughs> Jay's ready. Jay, you ready to just throw him on out of town, huh? Man, get him up through here. <laughs> man, Jay's put him on the Greyhound. But Rashawn Mars and Haven had Rashawn and Haven, man, keep doing what you do, brother. You're the number one sports show, fourteen fifty. 
I appreciate it, Jay. Appreciate the call, man. Let's see. Look, Jay has taken some time out on his birthday to give us a shout out here on Wake Up Five Hundred Two. That's, that's appreciated, man. That's what's up. You know what I'm saying that dude. Hey, it is gonna be live tonight. It's, it's gonna be going down. Ain't no party like a Jay has party. Promise. But no, but Jay, you know hey, what? Man, it, it, if y'all go international, I'm riding those coattails. Hey, <laughs> down with that. You know what I'm saying? We've got, we've got to bring the power of Wake Up Five Hundred Two in the main event to the world. You feel me? That's a, well, that's what we do. It's the it's the it's the reverse Rooney rule, you know. Yeah, <laughs> they got on y'all. You know what I'm saying? Hey, uh, <laughs> we we know a guy. Yeah, <laughs> can fill the quota. Exactly. See, that's why we have you on here, Joe. <laughs> right. I, know. I know, man. I know, and and I accept I accept the responsibility and the role. And go, eh, you know, be like that sometimes. <laughs> that's fair. That's Speaking fair. of which, uh, yes, my sir. man Blind Furry's found a job. Did he? Yes. Yes. He's yes. a linebacker's yes, coach for Pittsburgh. Mike Tomlin threw him the line. Wow. Well, at least he, at least he got a job. You know, I thought he'd be bad for life, but apparently Mike Tomlin has a bunch of pool in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, Mike Tomlin's got all the pool in Pittsburgh, man. Yeah, Tomlin can pretty much. He's probably the only dude that can just do whatever he wants. <laughs> and, and pro football, uh, yeah. Yeah. Him and, yeah, him and Belichick. Yeah, pretty much. No, yeah, that's true. That's true. He's, yeah, but but I would say I would say he's got he might have more pull amongst the organization than Belichick actually has with New England. If you want to be honest, no, I, mean, I agree with that. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, that. you can say what you want about Pittsburgh, but but they're good. They're a great organization. They and I'll, I'll say this with this preference: it's as good a ownership as you're going to find in that line of, of business. <laughs> just Pretty much, that, you know. Rich Pretty people much. going rich people, but but they they seem to be doing it about as well as you could ask for. I cannot argue with that. But no, but getting back to what what Jay was talking about, and this is the thing that's interesting because you know you have two different things going on. You have all the conversation about the the coaches, and, and you know I I do think that there needs to continue to be conversation about that. Anybody who can who goes out there and tells you that Kenny Payne is a done deal is lying. It's not a done deal. There's not. There's no secret handshake. There's no secret agreement. I feel like Josh Hurd and the rest of the University of Louisville Brain Trust is going to go out there. They're going to do their due diligence. They're going to interview several candidates, and if they have a candidate that they feel is a legit possibility, like, say, a Scott Drew, you won't hear Louisville make an announcement until after those prospective teams' uh, seasons end. So if Scott Drew is a legitimate candidate and you see Louisville waiting until mid, late, March, maybe even into April, if Baylor makes another Final Four run, um, then you will know that there's a serious possibility that Louisville could could be looking at a Scott Drew. If Eric Musselman um, is a legit candidate and Arkansas makes a run to the second weekend, you're going to see Louisville wait because they're going to want to talk to these coaches. Yes, there is a lot of back-channeling done. And, yes, there's a lot of people talking to agents and everything else. Um, But Louisville has to get this right. And I understand that people always – um, you know, there's a lot of pressure um, for a minority hire, and I think that's a that's a big thing behind a lot of this. Is not only do um, you know the old school Louisville guys want Kenny Payne because um, he's a former alumni, and it would be a win for that group, especially the the um, disgruntled Denny Crum era guys uh, who feel like they've been pushed to the side since Crum left. Um, but I think that Louisville has to do what's best for, for Louisville. And, and I think that the best thing to do is to have an extensive search. I don't have a candidate, okay? I'm not going to be like some stations and get on here 
politicking for one guy or telling you why this guy's so great. I don't know who the options are. Well, so let it, me ask you a question: of, of the three options that that we've heard, Drew, Musselman, and Payne, rank them. I mean, Drew is by far the best candidate because he has a national championship. Like <laughs> that's anytime you can bring in a guy who's won at the highest level at the level that you play. That's obviously going to be the best candidate because the guy's got a ring. Like, you can't – like, I was never the biggest Scott Drew fan, but at the end of the day, it was an interesting uh, stat that I heard. Like, uh, I believe they said that Baylor had played a total of 12 games as a ranked team in the top 25 in their history before Scott Drew. Drew has played 360-some-odd weeks as a ranked team since he's been at Baylor. Like, when you talk about a, a school and a program that w- that came off of what they were, coming off of that double murder, or excuse me, coming off the, the, the murder of Patrick Dennehy, uh, being murdered by his teammate, Carlton Dotson, and that whole situation, having to take over after that train wreck of what Dave Bliss uh, created at Baylor, for him to bring that program from that, which was already an outpost for basketball to begin with, and to take it from that to a legit you know, year in, year out, top 25, top 10 powerhouse program and now a national championship program. It's absolutely unbelievable. Like anything that Louisville's dealing with is not half as bad as what they were dealing with at Baylor. Besides the fact that it's Baylor, you know, playing in the Big 12, in the middle of Texas, in the armpit of the world. Like it's just, it's terrible. So like when he's able to build what he's built, like I can't argue with that. So for anybody who says, eh, well, Scott Drew just doesn't excite me. Bull, you're lying. You just have a guy that you like, so you're just going to just try to downplay everything. But there's nobody with any sense in their head that could say that Scott Drew's not the number one candidate. Number two guy, in my personal opinion, if you're talking about Payne, Musselman, and Drew, would be Eric Musselman. Why? Because he's actually coached. He's coached at an NBA level. He's coached at a collegiate level. He has a very successful program at Arkansas, and he's bringing in a top five recruiting class. Like, he's shown that he can recruit to Arkansas, <laughs> which is already a, a magic trick in itself. And he's won, and he has, he's had success. So, I mean, unfortunately, Kenny Payne is a guy who's down that list. If Kenny Payne had not played basketball at the University, University of Louisville, but had literally all the same credentials, co- you know, assistant coach, associate head coach of Kentucky, um, goes to the Knicks and is on the Knicks organization, there would not be a single person in the city of Louisville that would – authorize or get excited about him being the Louisville coach. The only reason that people like it is because he played at UofL. Period. So, I mean, like, I, I, I'm i sorry. Ken, the, people aren't beating the door down to hire Kenny Payne. Guess what? If you don't hire Kenny Payne next week, he'll still be available next month. <laughs> Nobody else is going to hire him. The Knicks are about to fire Tom Thibodeau. They're not hiring Kenny Payne. So, best believe, oh. he'll be there, people. Okay, he'll he'll still be there and he'll still be around. If Louisville goes through all their situations and say Drew uh, says no, you know, thanks, but no thanks. I thought about it, but I want to stay. If Musman says, you know what, I, I love the opportunity, but we have things wrong in Arkansas. I want to stay. Then fine. If Kenny Payne is the best option, okay, I'm okay with that. But but other than that, let's just just calm down a little so bit. Like, who else would you add to that list? If you got anybody else to that list, I know for me it'd be like Mark Jackson. So. And I, I, I've said that repeatedly, but for you, I mean, it's 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 Who hard. Else you add to that list? It's hard to say, Hey, I mean, because you, you, you have all the college basketball to choose. I mean, from. I, and not just college basketball, pro basketball. You yeah. are the alpha program. Who would you go get? I mean, there are still guys that you can't get. 
Uh, you know, and, and there are I'm guys. I'm talking about the guys you can't get. Who would you get? I'm putting you on the spot. Who would you get? I mean, the the, the people that we're talking about are the best candidates that I think are available. Really? Yeah, absolutely. Like, I, like nobody else. I mean, no, I, I didn't say that. I mean, you, you know, you have guys like Kelvin Sampson, who who I like. He's a little older, um, but I, I think that he's a very good coach. I think that he's a guy that he's. You have a very low chance that you won't have a guy who can get you to the tournament every year. Like that's one thing Kelvin Sampson does is that he gets you to the tournament. He makes you competitive. Um, he plays in an entertaining style. He can get it done. Um, you know, John Beeline is another guy who's older, but a very good coach. Um, but, you know, th- I know that the perfect storm says you want a guy who's younger, is going to be around a while, and can actually coach and recruit. Uh, you know, and I think that all those guys fit that. But, I, like, I really believe with this coaching side, the one thing that, that we talk about, and you talk about Louisville's a power program, there may be coaches out there that we don't even think of that would be interested in a job that could be interested. Just don't know. But none of these guys are going to talk about it in season. And I think that's why it's one of those things where I don't think you need to get it done quick. I think you need to get it done right. No, but but who would you go after? See, you keep dancing around the question. I ne- I ne- Give me a name. I just gave you two names on top of the two names we already had. Like, I don't know who Pick else is one. available. You know who else? Anybody. Anybody. I mean, like, I just gave, that's, college, we just talked about four anybody people. Anybody in college basketball. But I, don't, I mean, I don't it know. Who's, who's, doesn't I don't who's know available. who's available. You are the alpha male. You are LSU. You decide who's available. No, that's that's no. Not. You decide who's available. You you don't. It's not who is. You but decide that's, who's but available. I, but that, that's pointless. Brian that's, Kelly that's, was a, available. That's a tell po- us you call. Him. I mean, but that's a pointless conversation. Kelly, it's not a pointless conversation. Absolutely, it is. no, it's not. Because you just, nobody thought, nobody in the right mind ever thought Brian Kelly would leave Notre Dame. He's Irish. Catholic that really didn't su- it surprise me. Actually, that surprised I surprised everybody when LSU called him. When you're like, at Notre Dame and you get tired of losing because other teams can have real athletes and Notre Dame has fake athletes. He made the playoffs like twice. Yeah, and got dog walked. You know why? Because he doesn't have real athletes. But he made it up there. He made it. And he, he was. He's Irish he got Catholic. tired of getting getting beat down by real athletes. He's Irish, he's <laughs> Irish Catholic playing at Notre Dame. You can't get better than that. Mm, true. You can't get hey, better man, than that. Look, look, as the resident Irish Catholic member of this uh, radio show, <laughs> let me tell you that that doesn't really mean that that isn't worth two squirrel farts anymore to anybody. Urban Meyer's named after a damn pope, and he turned that job down. All right, that's so because let, Urban let, Meyer couldn't have the murder rate that he would have. <laughs> The rest rate <laughs> at Notre Dame, he can have know, it for Ohio State. Hey, I just think the Brian Kelly wanted to know, win. Man. He wanted to win. Like, Dame, I can't blame Notre him for Dame that. Notre Dame was pretty desperate. They were they were pretty desperate. Uh, you don't turn down the LSU job though. We talked about this when Brian Kelly took that that job. I I'll make the argument that's the best coaching job on earth because they've got the most talent. We always talk about South Florida, but Louisiana's talent absolutely is, like per capita is ridiculous. Ridiculous. I mean, Brian, Brian Kelly wants to win a think, national championship. So, like right. I said, if that's, you don't think that's LSU is your best. But if no, no, we're not, man. We're not. And let me tell you why. If you want to win a national championship in college football as a coach, LSU is your dream job because you look at the last two idiots that stumbled into one there. True. Ed Ogeron and Les Miles won despite themselves at LSU. That's how much talent you can get at LSU. There's no other job on earth, I think. That can yeah, Louisville's not that. that. Louisville's not that. I think in basketball, the only two programs that you can talk about that get that type of talent are what? North Carolina, Kansas, and Kentucky. Like, that's pretty much. Yeah. Like, Louisville's not at that level. They're, they're, they're probably a step below that. Um, you know, so I, I don't think that they're just going to go take somebody else's. Like, but I, college basketball doesn't really matter. 
I mean, like Jay Wright. Like Jay Wright is is one of the top three or four coaches in the game. Like Louisville can't just say Jay Wright, you're leaving your alma mater and you're coming to Louisville. That's not gonna happen. Like it's <laughs> it's just not gonna happen. Like I, I'm sorry, but it's just it's not. You know so what? I that's why I said. I mean, what? I'll talk I, about I, the names that have been brought up. You know I think you may be surprised at how many guys will look and leave to come to the Mecca of college. If you're a college basketball coach, yeah. there's only three states to actually give a flying fig about college basketball. Yeah. And this is one of them. And this is the number one city in the country. Oh, I agree with you that I think that there are some basketball. candidates that we'll be surprised by, some better candidates out there than what we think. But, I mean, can you get better than Scott Drew? The dude literally just won the national championship last year. Like, literally just won it. Like, so I don't know how you can get better than the dude that's the reigning champion. He's got the gold around his waist, Haven. Every time he comes to the ring, he has the sunglasses on. He has the belt around his waist. He's, he's you know what I'm saying, got, got the crew. Head. I feel you. You know what I'm saying? He's out there like, woo! You know, you can't get better than that. So, I like, I don't know. Like, I, I think about it. There's a lot of good coaches out there. But, you know, Izzo's too old, and he's not going anywhere. Coach K is 85,000 years old. He's about to retire. This, this is the thing about college basketball right now. This is why it's so important that Louisville gets this right, is that college basketball is in a state of transition. We're seeing the old guard mm-hmm. hanging up. So, we don't know who the best of the new school are. Like, John Calipari's even starting to get old. So it's it's one of those hey, things. That's a great point. Hey, like it's it's important to get it right. That's why I don't care if we I don't care if Louisville doesn't hire a coach till April. I know there's a lot of people that are out there like, oh, you got to hire a guy today. You got to hire him today. You got to hire him tomorrow. No, you don't. You met there was a there was a story that they told in the movie Colors, and he told the the old cop Robert uh, Robert Duvall told oh. the young cop. Okay, yeah. Had to think a little bit. He about, said about where you're going. There was two cows sitting up on a hill. And he said, hey, Pops, <laughs> look at them, the, the two bulls on top of the hill. He said, there's a bunch of cows down there at the bottom hill. Let's go down there and try to get with one of them cows. Let's just run down there and grab one real quick. And he said, son, no, you don't want to rush, son. Let me tell you something. Let's not, his name was Pac-Man, the other cop, the young cop. And he said, no, son, let's not run down there and grab one cow. Let's walk down and get them all. Sometimes... Discretion is a better part of valor. Sometimes you got to take your time and do it right. And that's what Louisville needs defense, to do. I think in defense of the fans, it's because they just, and I can't blame them. I really can't. They just need something positive. You know, they need some good news so, so they can move on and have something to look forward to. Because right now, right now is, is a really tough spot for the fan base to be in. They've already been getting just wailed on for the last six years, it feels like. And now they've, we've been, since what, the holidays? We've been in limbo. You've been in purgatory just waiting to see how this season ends and who are we going to get. And and it would be nice if somebody would come in with a magic wand, wave it, and say, here's your new coach. we got to wait. I mean, legit, like, that's the thing, man. Sometimes you got to have patience. I know everybody um, wants to have this happen, and I agree with you, Joe. They want some good news, but if you want some good news, there's a, a very good uh, women's basketball team that is uh, kicking butt and taking names. Jeff Walls has that team rolling. So, you know what? Go down there to the Yum Center. Support all the programs, athletic programs at the University of Louisville. And if you do that, the ladies will not disappoint you. Uh, I, I promise you, Emily Inksler is going to be an All-American this year. And Louisville's got a legit chance to win a championship. So, you know, how about you put some energy into that? Hey, we got one hour in the books. We got 30 minutes left. Rashawn Myers, Haven Harrington, Joe Kelly taking care of you. 
Listen to a little Marvin Gaye. What's going on? Hey, we'll be back. Wake up 502. 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. Big Exports Radio. Welcome back, welcome back to Wake Up 502 with Rashawn Myers. Never again, never again will you talk about ever, can you ever talk about me listening to old people music? Hey. Ever again. No, 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 no. Ever again. Whoa. Old people Whoa. music? Whoa. Yes. First of all. Whoa. Every time I play James Brown or something like that, you're always looking at me like, what are you doing, Haven? Uh, uh, we playing your, your grand fellas. Well, if, if you did not come sashaying yourself into the studio late, you would know that I let everybody know at the beginning of the show to show solidarity for the, uh, the good folks of the Ukraine. I'm playing popular anti-war songs. Nah, man. To, to, to show our solidarity. So while you're they talking about old people you know songs. They have new songs. That you what play. new songs about anti-war are there? Newer songs. At least newer songs I mean, like, literally, it. all this stuff. It, that, the, Vietnam. Like, literally, all these songs were kind of wrapped around the whole Vietnam conflict. Dude, what about Rakim and uh, Rock- Throw the Hand Grenade? It's, it's anti-war song. Come on, man. Come on. That's a, respect the, the technique. The, the, these are the, these are respect, the classics, respect man. Respect Come on. Rakim is a classic. Rakim is a classic. Nah. Joe backed me up. Rakim's a classic. Absolutely. See, be- be- better than, than than war. Well, I won't go that far. <laughs> I mean, but, yeah, maybe. Well, come on, bro. Better than Jimmy. Now, now we're now we're comparing cantaloupes to watermelons. Yeah, yeah, you can't right? do that. This is we can't. We can, don't don't make me do that. I mean, all, all I'm saying, you know, this is not old. People. That's like there's a theme. You know, we like to have themes I here. Know, at Wake up, five hundred two. But you know, so have, that they, that's the they, thing. They have like newer. Anti-war songs out there. I mean, I I I, I believe in the classics. I enjoy the classics. You know what I'm saying, like, I mean, when you say it right, it doesn't matter how old it is. If you said it right, you said it right. You better believe it. Fight the power. I mean, yeah, the Isley Brothers. Mm-hmm. See, mm-hmm. ah, if back. people were that, that's more of that. Man, I'm I'm gonna go with that. If if we're if we're out in the streets marching, <laughs> uh, you know, we could have. Now we could have. I say Universal one. You can play for anything. Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes. Mm. Wake up. Yeah. There you go. That's fair. You know. That's a good one. I that's like a it. that's a universal when when the when the world's just got you down. No, absolutely. Wake no. Everybody. <laughs> go ahead, sing it, Joe. Sing it, Joe. 
No, I'm just I'm just gonna go into my little zone now for a moment. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, Joe. Sometimes, especially with the rejoin music, Joe always sends me messages talking about, man, I have to, I get, you know, to put myself on mute because I might start saying it or doing anything else. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, get get into it. I love it. I love it. But, uh, uh, fellas, <laughs> we got a couple games on the schedule today. They are actually still playing basketball. I know Louisville fans hate the fact that they're still playing basketball, but they love it at the same time because they love watching a team play. They, every time Louisville comes on they, they're all pissy and whining and upset and talking about how they always figure out a way to screw it screw it up but guess what five minutes before that game comes on they got it tuned in and they ready <laughs> like that that is the 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 gift and the curse that is being a louisville basketball fan addiction. right now yeah absolutely so you're, you're gonna watch Rashawn. and I'm you're gonna like, get pissed off every like, time something stupid happens man i'm like pookie and new jack you know it keeps calling <laughs> hey, me, calling man. me man it's calling me <laughs> That's I got classic. the ashy lips. <laughs> hey, you know what I'm saying? I mean, but for real, legit like that. But that's that is the great thing about the universe. I was so impressed. I gotta give a shout out, man. Last Saturday, uh for, for that home game versus Clemson, which I called the victory and Louisville got it done. So I was happy to see those young guys get off the snide and get it done and get the win. Um but Carnation showed out, man. There was probably a good thirteen to fourteen thousand fans in there. It was a it was a nice crowd, and it was funny because I was talking to other folks on press row, and I said, you know what? I look around and I see these fans. They're engaged. They're loud. It's excited in here. It's a bigger crowd, and probably as good a crowd as you're going to see in the ACC anywhere today. And that is the power of the University of Louisville's fan base. And, th- and that's the passion uh, to why you talk about Haven, the fact that some of these coaches will want to come here and maybe they'll leave what people perceive as a better job because they're in a better place to come to a place like the University of Louisville. Because when you're good at Louisville, it's better than being good just about anywhere else. Yeah, there you go. There's only like two or three schools that's maybe a little bit better. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's just a little bit better. I mean, and the, the, the best thing about Louisville is that you live in an actual city with actual things you can do. With, that, with the real airport. You're like an NBA team in Louisville. Like, it, there's nothing better than that just about anywhere. I mean, you can talk about Lawrence, Kansas, but unfortunately you have to live in Lawrence, Kansas. You can talk about Durham, North Carolina, but you actually have to live in Durham, North Carolina. You know, you can talk about Chapel Hill, but once again, it's Chapel Hill. You talk about Lexington. It's Lexington. Enough said. <laughs> so, literally, when you talk about the havens of basketball, University of Louisville is second to none because we're an actual city and we actually have things to do and we're actually awesome. There you go. And, and please pontificate some more about this Louisville Wake Forest matchup. I'm so enthralled <laughs> to hear your what? It is so funny. It is so funny because both Louisville and Kentucky are taking on prospective guys that have been brought up around the University of Louisville coaching job. Of course, um, Kentucky's taking on Arkansas and, and Eric Musselman. Um, and, and that's a, a I feel a game that Louisville fans are going to watch to see what Musselman can do against Calipari and the Cats. I think that that's what Louisville fans have started to do is watch some of these other coaches play to see how they do against good competition. Well, Louisville's taking on uh, Steve Forbes uh, at Wake Forest on the road at Ch- at um, Winston Salem, and Steve Forbes is a guy who's gotten a lot of run about being possibly the next head coach at the University of Louisville. The interesting thing about that Haven is that. Louisville already beat Wake Forest earlier this year. Yeah, I know. So the shot is already off. Steve if Forbes Louisville beats Wake Forest today, can Steve Forbes then be the Louisville coach when he lost twice to like the worst Louisville team in the last fifty years? No. <laughs> like I feel like this is an elimination game for Steve Forbes. Like he has to beat Louisville. No, he should have been eliminated after the first loss. 
Well, I mean, but at that time, Louisville was at least playing no, better. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Like, the, the wheels hadn't fallen off yet. Yeah, but they were they were shaky. The the boats already the boats already came off. It's about time for the thing that's to wobble right, wobble itself off. Like I I, I agree. Like it's it's very interesting to see um, <laughs> this whole dichotomy of the Steve Forbes thing because it, I feel like he's sweating. He's like, come on, I got to be able to figure out a way to beat these dudes so I can get hired by these dudes. Right. <laughs> it's very weird. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know what? I like Steve Forbes. I'm not the biggest Steve Forbes Steve Forbes fan. Yeah, I'm not. Um, like. I'm not at all. I mean, like, Wake Forest. He's like, a good coach. Yeah, he is a good coach, like, for Campbellsville, for Wake Forest, <laughs> you know, for a whole bunch of other schools. <laughs> See what you did there. That's, like I know, you. right? That's high-quality shade right there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I just don't know. That's that's kind of mean, Haven. Haven's out here saying, Haven said the man is in, totally in line to take over for our guy, Scotty Davenport, when the Bellarmine job. <laughs> he is. I mean, that, Haven literally just did the equivalent of saying, well, she's got a nice personality. <laughs> <laughs> Like literally, Game manager looking ass. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like you just called him Trent Dilfer, my guy. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that that probably would be the one guy that, like, of all the names that I've heard, be the bottom of the excites list. me the least. It's like Steve Forbes. That's just you know what I would take Kenny Payne with no coaching experience, like well before Steve Forbes. Our boy Mark Ennis coined a phrase when he talked about Satterfield when Satterfield got hired at, at Louisville, uh, a friend and former main eventer. Uh, Mark Ennis, he called Scott Satterfield the sensible salad <laughs> hire. And, and, like, I feel like Steve Forbes is the definition of the sensible salad He's head coach. Salad. He's like McDonald's salad <laughs> that they used to have. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. He's that old With or without the croutons? Shooter. No. <laughs> no croutons. No croutons. He's yeah, like no salad croutons. shooter. They came in a little cup. That's terrible. That you had to add the sauce to later and shake it up. <laughs> oh, no. Yes. That's that's. <laughs> That's off, but yeah, that, that's that's one the, dude that I with just with the tiny plastic fork. Oh, the the, the spork, the spork. Yes, you're trying yeah, to eat salad I mean, with the spork. I said any coach uh, that we've beaten this year has automatically been disqualified. <laughs> <in my book. laughs> no, literally, you're automatically disqualified. It's just like no, if we beat you, right. keep it stepping. Well, but see, but that, and you, that's that's the interesting thing, though, man, because, you know, I, I look at this Louisville team, and I think that Louisville could win today. Like, fellas, I, I was looking at – Yeah, I'm going to stop you right there. I was looking at – no, Louisville can win. Louisville can win any game they play. Like, literally, yeah, so, they went on the know, road. And that's what I was about to say. Louisville actually has the talent to, to win. beat every game uh, – to literally win almost every game They could play. beat Duke. They could have. But, you know, the problem <laughs> is – but we know what's going to happen. You know what's going to happen. You know we're going to take the first, like, 15 minutes off. We're going to get down by double digits. Then we're going to start pounding the paint, shooting mid-range jumpers, like, drive to the basket, get turned over. Check this out. Check this out. the game. Then the last three minutes, we're going to get within like two to three points, and we're going to jack up threes and lose by seven. Yeah, I mean, Man, I, like, here's all I know. that I, When I tune into Louisville basketball, I don't know about you guys, but I'm tuning in to see if Malik stepped back three guys oh, God. this week. Oh, that that dude, I just I I can't yeah. like Louisville deserved to win that game against North Carolina on Monday, and to watch them piss down the leg the last five minutes of that game and but give that knew, game away. But you knew it was coming, right? Right, Rock. Like, like you knew. <sighs> well, it was but coming, see, right? they are they are Louisville is in the pro and they are in the process of figuring out how to play. And they are doing better, and they are doing a lot of things better. But there are two things that 
are holding them back. Those two things being Noah Locke and Malik Williams. If they set those two down and did not play them, I wholly believe they would win games. And that's not to throw shade so that means at Noah. We have three problems. Hold up, man. That means we have three problems. <laughs> that's, that's those two and the and the guy uh setting the lineups and the substitutions. Well, Coach McGee's and that's the thing, it's like Coach McGee's has done so many good things to help Louisville to become better. Like the spacing is better, the passing is better, they're actually putting guys in better positions to, to make plays. He's motivating them to play better defensively. Like Louisville played one of their best defensive games of the year on Monday against North Carolina. Like I I can't hate on those types of things. He's making them play better. But he cannot get like I don't know if he owes Noah Locke and Malik Williams money. I don't know if they got pictures of him in compromising positions or something. But like it seems like those two have just basically had Louisville under their thumb all year. Now, to me, the real question about Louisville basketball is this: What mystery player is going to set the whole game that we had no idea was going to set the whole game? <laughs> so, like that's that's the real. That's question. true. So like, that's the real mystery. It was Matt Cross last game. Matt Cross had 13 points and 15 rebounds the last time they played North Carolina. So you know what they did for Matt Cross bring, coming back against the same team that he just torched a couple weeks ago? You know what they did? They didn't play him at all. They said, you know what? And his dad's agreeing with you on Twitter about, yeah, we're confused. Watching <laughs> 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 uh, yes. Like, I, the, the two I had – Matt Cross's father reached out to me saying they don't know what the hell they're doing. I had uh, 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 Sidney Curry's pops reach out to me talking about he don't know what the hell they're doing. I'm like, why is Curry not getting in the game the last five minutes when, when we know Louisville needs a basket? And he's been the most consistent bucket getter all year. That's because that's Louisville's three-point time. <laughs> that's three-point time. <laughs> that's, that's three-point time. <laughs> Anything like five minutes and less for this Louisville basketball team becomes three-point time. Yeah, literally, we all turn. They all turn into Carlton Banks, <laughs> right? Like I just, I don't, I don't un, like. It is so crazy to watch them because they're they're doing so many things better now, and and, and it's and that's the thing that drives me bananas. Like, cause hey, look at this. I have pulled up the ACC tournament. If the 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 tournament was to start today, this is Louisville's path right now. Okay, Louisville would take on Georgia Tech, the worst team in the ACC, in the first round. If they win that game, they would play Virginia Tech, who they haven't lost to since they've been in the league. If they beat Virginia Tech, they take on Notre Dame, which they should have beaten twice and figured out a way to lose to both times when they should have won the game. And if they win that game, they play the winner of Virginia and Miami. That is their pathway to get to the final. Like, literally, they should beat all those teams by 20 points. And they will lose. And they'll probably lose to Georgia Tech in the first game. I'm going to tell you why. It's insane. Three-point time. Three-point oh, time. Five minutes left. It's three-point time. Malik, shoot, shoot that step back fadeaway three. Oh, my gosh. That you're famous for. They're the only team that actively runs plays to get 25% three-point shooters shots. And they asked Coach about it. He said, well, I thought they were good looks. Well, they are good looks. The guys are open. It's like, absolutely, they're open. They just can't shoot. I want you shooting that. Malik uh, Williams, I want you shooting a 32-foot three-pointer. We will let you alone by yourself all game long. Yes. He's, if you shoot 10 yeah, of them I and mean, you hit two, okay, who cares? Rashawn, you, you, you'd be the GOAT if you had replied. Have you considered maybe they're giving you those really good looks because you're a 25% shooter? <laughs> Your thoughts? 
<laughs> hey, you know what? Tr- truthfully, um, Joe, that, one of the things people that, that listen to the press conferences, they know that I, I'm always there and, and chatting with the coaches during the press conference. And, and you'll hear me ask at least a couple questions every press conference. But one place you will never hear me is talk to the players. I don't even stay for player audio. And, and, and right. I, ha- I have a reason behind that. A, I don't want to hear what the players have to say because, especially in college athletics, the coaches pretty much set the table for everything. So, what you're going to get from those guys, especially because you know these are these are younger guys, they're just out there doing their job. I don't feel like I'm going to get anything insightful from them. And then, secondly, like with Malik Williams, if I was in a room with him, like the, I feel like I would have to ask something that I I just feel like is going to cause issues. <laughs> so I would rather just yeah. remove myself from the situation and just not. Sure. I, I I mean I, I know my strengths and weaknesses and I cannot stop. If there's a question that has to be asked, I have to ask it. Like that that's just my my you know, that's just how I do my job. So I, I would just I always leave. I always leave before the the players come in and that's the biggest reason why. Because I, I don't want to be like, dude, do you really think that you're that man? Like so. <laughs> right. What's the over? <laughs> what's the over and under on Malik Williams shooting a? Oh, Malik's going to put up seven today. No, 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 no. no but oh. it's a special <laughs> seven. Now we know we know he's going to jack up a ton of threes. But what's the over and under on the whole dribble between your legs, step back, fadeaway three? There's going to be two. Two of those. He, there's going to be at least two. Yes. He's going to go full Kyrie Irving package. That's what I was thinking, like two or three of those at least. I want to see him. You know what? The only thing that's missing, Joe, I need him to do the double step back a la James Harden. That's what I need. Man, did you guys watch the NBA All-Star game this week? Man, I was watching it going, this is not a good look that our team plays tomorrow. Like, could we at least get a day off between Steph Curry just pulling up from the parking lot? Man. I know right now, guys, our team's watching it going. Mm, the coach won't let me, but I got that range. Oh, God. Yeah. That's, that's no luck. Absolutely. That. Absolutely. I do that, Steph Curry. Jalen Withers and, and Malik Williams, when they look in the mirror, they see Steph Curry. Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant. Every time. I'm a unicorn, baby. No, you're not. Seven foot with range. You're just a big man that doesn't know. He's a big man. He's a big man. <laughs> Like that's that's what you are. I, I hate to break it to you all, but speaking of speaking of the NBA, before we get out of here, I know we only got about eight minutes left in the show. I did want to talk about um, the NBA season number two. Okay, the the, the stretch, the final twenty games of the regular season just got started. James Harden went off in his first game for the Philadelphia Seventy Sixers, and now I'm hearing a bunch of people talking about Philly are the favorites. You know, for Philly, the best team in the East. I heard that last night. James Harden, yep. 27 points, 12, uh, 12 assists, you know, eight rebounds. Just a monster game. Joel Embiid, ridiculous, 37 points. Tyrese Maxey, former Kentucky Wildcat, went off for 28 last night. Um, Joe, let, let me ask you. I, I'll ask you this. Do, does that Harden trade end up better for the Sixers or better for the Nets? The Nets, we know, have been struggling. But now they're talking about lifting these mask mandates. Um, so Kyrie may actually be able to play home or vaccination mandates. So Kyrie may be able to actually play home games. They signed Gordon, uh, Gordon Dragic um, as a free agent. Um, you know, they're starting to seem like they're going to get their guys back. Um, 
is is Philly, is, is Philly it? Like you know, is it the Bucks? Like like, or do you think that Harden is going to be the the missing piece to get the Sixers to the finals? I you know I don't know. I'm not betting against Giannis right now. They're the defending champs. Uh, the Bucks are nice. Giannis is, yeah. is Giannis is a unicorn, but. Joel Embiid, good on Philly for getting Harden in here because this is he's entering his prime, and they have got when you've got a seven footer, you know, knock on wood, you don't know how much time you get with them. So they needed to get somebody there to pair with him. I think Harden's perfect for it. I think he fits into that lineup great. I I do think Philly's the uh, I think they're the favorite. Brooklyn though, don't sleep on Ben Simmons. I understand he is a he has become a punchline. He doesn't want to shoot the ball, yeah. but here's the thing that nobody's taking into that nobody's really talking about. I asked the question: Yeah, James Harden, Kyrie, and KD on the same team would be great on NBA 2K, but there's only one basketball, and I don't know how three ball dominant players can play together. If Ben decides that he just doesn't want to play offense, he's not shooting the ball. You can still get buckets with that with that the other four guys on that team. And then what you're looking at, because Ben is a, what, three-time all-defensive first-team player? Yeah. yeah. I think he's two, maybe two on first team and then another second team. Oh, you have two of the elite best defense. elite defensive players over 6'10". Yeah, I mean, we talk about having Ben he, Simmons and Kevin Durant. He's That's one legit. Of the, he, he's one of the few guys who can who literally can defend all five positions. So when if new, if new if Brooklyn gets gets matched up against Milwaukee, he can say, I am spending 40 minutes a night just playing lockdown defense on Giannis, and you might get eight points and, and, and some assists out of me on the offensive end, but I'm out there to lock down the number one one threat on the other team. I mean, that's an excellent point. And, and to me, I think that it works out better in terms of balancing the floor because when you look at the guys that are going to be on the floor for the Nets, you have KD who prefers to be – perimeter oriented you have Seth Curry who came over in the trade as well you have Patty Mills you have Dragic you got Kyrie all those guys are perimeter players and all the big men for the um the Nets are more kind of like rim running athletic guys it seems to me to balance out perfect because everything that Ben wants to do is going to the basket anyway offensively so you know I mean that that was one of the issues is that when you had Simmons and MB together you had two guys that both like to operate in that mid low post area so they basically just got in each other's way so, like, I, I think that it works out better for both teams. And while everybody is on this, you know, now the Nets are together. Um, you know, the, the, the Nets have their, their complement, and people keep talking about the 76ers and how that's the missing piece for the Sixers. Like you said, Joe, the Bucks are still the champs. They still have Giannis. They went out and added Serge Ibaka, which I feel is a brilliant move. Uh, you know, to, to add some defense to a team that has all the offense that they need. I, I really do think that the Bucks are going to have, like, they're still the champs until you knock them off. Like, I, I don't know yeah. what's going on in the West. Like, I, I, I know that the Suns and the Warriors have the best records. Um, and, and, you know, the John Morant and, and the Grizzlies are on the way up. They're sitting in third right now. But I, I feel like the best teams are in the, in the East right now. Even though the Warriors and and the and the uh, Suns have the best records, I, I really do. Like, I, uh, yeah, I I think the Eastern side, the Eastern Conference side of the of the playoffs is going to be more entertaining. Whoever comes out of the West, I think the finals will be a good good matchup. I think Golden State will come out of the West. I don't I, know. I just, I, I, Joe, can, can you win playing with no center? Like they don't have any big men at all. Like, can you win like that? 
Like I, I think he can. You, you, I, you I still you think they can. I think they can. The, we know Steph is having arguably his career best year. Uh, surprisingly, the, I think I think the key for Golden State is how healthy is Clay come playoff time. If Clay's looking anything like the old Clay, yeah, you you don't need a big man. We'll see. We, we, we like will that. see. We will see. I, I I will be very interested to watch it because you know, of course, they they did win the championship back in what was that, twenty fifteen, and they didn't really have an offensive center, but they did have Andrew Bogut and they had Fessazili, two big guys. They were both really good defenders, and they had size. Um, you know, and then of course we know the teams that they had with Javale McGee and Durant. So then they they had some guys that could both score and get some things done. I'll have to see with this group because you know I I, I struggle to figure out if Kevon Looney. Like, I don't know if you can win with Kevon Looney being your starting center. Okay, well, let me. I don't know. Who who's the big man that you're scared of matchup potentially out west? No, that's fair. Really, that's fair. Rudy Gobert is the best. You know, Rudy Gobert is the best big man in the Western Conference right now. And DeAndre Ayton. I mean, yeah. And do you think either one of those guys are beating beating you if Steph is hitting at, at the clip he's hitting from three? Because the last time I checked, threes were more valuable than dunks. Absolutely, no, I I agree with you. I, I the the biggest thing I worry about, like I think that the Suns are built for another run if they're healthy. Like, but Chris Paul is ninety five years old, uh, so like that that's an issue. But I I just I don't know. I don't know. We we, we also, shall see. But we it's shall also see. Playoff Chris Paul, who uh, who seems to just kind of wither away as the season goes along. So. Yeah, yeah, no, show you right, you're right. But we'll see. That was a good, you know what, we didn't get a lot of NBA talk, and we'll definitely start to get more of that as we uh, get past the the end of the basketball regular season, fellas. But uh, it has been a very wonderful and fast show, unfortunately. IHSAA Women's Finals coming up uh, for you guys. I appreciate you all. Haven Harrington, Joe Kelly, Rashad Myers, Wake Up 502, y'all. And we out.